AQ, okay? We don't have any slides tonight, so there will not be any slides. I apologize about that. Uh, due to time and everything, we weren't able to get them done in time. My fault. Uh, so if I say anything, I'm going to try to speak slower in some parts. I encourage you, write it down. FAQ. Somebody say FAQ one more time. FAQ, FAQ stands for Frequently Avoided Questions. Not Frequently Asked Questions, but Frequently Avoided Questions. I don't know about you, uh, but there's some qu questions, me being a Christian, that I hope no one asks me. There's some tough questions that I even ask myself sometimes, like, what does that even mean? How did that work out? Even questions about God, about faith, about the Bible. And, and, and tonight, we're going to be continuing the series. This is the third part of the series. We've preached two other times in the past on why and how we're supposed to answer these questions. Or, and then also, we, last week, we talked about, like, the question, you know, why do you believe in God if you can't see, hear, or touch him? How many people know that's a big question? And that will be up on the podcast, on the YouTube channel um, this week sometime. So be looking out for that. So if you missed last week's message, you can look at that later um, this week. And then also tonight's message will be up later as well. Okay, so with that being said, FAQ, um, we're addressing pretty much questions that Christians hope no one, no one will ask them. And the sermon title for tonight is this, God and Grim. God and Grim. So G-R-I-M. I don't know if you've ever seen the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy or whatever. That's that, that word right there. And that word grim means like unappealing or unapproachable, even harsh, unsettling, uh, maybe even bad or like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about that. Or maybe it's something that's hurtful or whatever it may be, it, 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 like something that's grim. And tonight we're going to be looking and we're going to be talking about this question because we're talking about God and grim, we're asking ourselves this question, how could a good God, this is a big question, please pay attention, this is the question we're answering tonight as best as I can, how could a good God allow so much evil, pain, and suffering? How could a good God allow so much evil, pain, and suffering? Does he even care? So we got God who is holy, who is mighty, who is perfect. God is God all by himself. There is no one like him. We talked about how big and awesome God was this past Wednesday. But then we also have the grim things in this world that sometimes we don't want to talk about, we want to stray away from. I don't know about you, but we live in a day and an age, especially with social media, where, where bad things are amplified. Where we hear things, where we have so much news and so many, uh, we get alerts on our phone about what's, what's, what's good and what's wrong in the world. We get notified so quick. Get this. There was a survey that was taken. Please, guys, pay attention right here. A survey was taken. No games on your phone or anything, guys. Put your phone down. A survey was taken recently. Save that for later, buddy. I'm All right, buddy. A survey was taken recently. Get this. Where believers and unbelievers were asked a question. Here, let me see that, buddy. I'm going to have to take it for now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. A survey was taken recently, guys, uh, where believers and unbelievers had been asked a question. And the question was this. Um, if you could know the answer to one question about God, faith, or the Bible, what would it be? And guess what? The question that we just asked ourselves that we're going over tonight is the number one question that came up. That how could a good God allow so much evil, pain, and suffering in the world? You know, does he even care? In fact, this is generally, guys, uh, considered to be the number one issue on why people uh, doubt or disbelieve the existence of God. It's been like that for the past 1,000 years. People doubting the existence of God. Why? Because if there's a good God, how come I'm experiencing this? 
How come my parents are going through this? How come the world is going through this? How come 9-11 happened? How, how come the, the Holocaust happened? How come all these different things took place in history? I just don't understand. If there could be a good God, why does all this happen? And get this, guys, the way that we respond to this question, whether we ask ourselves or other people ask us, is vitally important for the spiritual progress of a lot of people will encounter. Especially, get this, your family or your friends. How many people know there's a lot of good in the world? There's a lot of good things that go on in the world. I mean, there's lots of great stories. Um, but there's also a lot of evil in the world. Have you ever asked yourself this question before? How come bad things happen to good people? Like, what? Like, I've met some people that are good, genuine, nice, sincere people, and they're going through just so much, just, just so much just, just, uh, adversity, and, and there's so many bad things happening. I'm like, God, like, why does that happen? I like to think I'm a pretty, pretty good guy. I don't know about you guys. Um, I think I'm a pretty good guy, um, but just to share a little bit what's going on in my life. The past two weeks, it was really good, uh, but it was also tough in different ways. For example, guys, get this. This all happened in a time span of less than two weeks. My sister Haley, my sister Haley, I told her to go grab my phone from inside. And whenever I told her to grab my phone from inside, she dropped my phone and cracked the screen of my um, iPhone XS Max. There's so many like things. It's so hard to pronounce sometimes. She dropped my iPhone and it cracked. And get this. um, So that phone cracked. And then I loaded two loads of laundry um, in my washer and get this, the two loads that I, that I put in the laundry got lathered and got bleached. And I was like, okay. And I'm not even done yet, guys. Um, a lady, whenever I was on the way to church, I was on my way to God's house. A lady ran into my truck and my truck may be totaled. I'm currently driving a rental vehicle. Praise God. It's a nice truck and God's going to provide for me. Okay. So be praying, be praying for your student pastor. Pray God just blesses me with something. F-150 2019, Jesus, I claim it right now. Come on. All right. Um, and then also the main, my main pair of glasses broke. And then on top of all of that, if all that wasn't enough, I went to Popeye's five times the past week. No, I do not have a problem. And every time that I went, they didn't have any stinking chicken sandwiches. I need to try the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I got told from my mom that they sent all the chicken sandwich. If you haven't heard about it, you can look it up later. Apparently, I don't know if you're a Popeye's or Chick-fil-A fan. Apparently, the Popeye's chicken sandwich is way better than the Chick-fil-A one. They just came out with it. I've been trying to get my hands on it. Allison, don't talk to me. I'm mad at you for trying it before me. Okay? <laughs> Anyways, um, and they even sent all the Chick-fil-A sandwiches that were here in Victoria to Houston because Houston was having a problem. Like, God, like, like, how, like, like God, I'm a good person. Victoria's a good place. Why is this all happening? And I know I'm joking around uh, a little bit, obviously, um, but in all, serious not, in all seriousness, guys, like how many people know that even the things that I've mentioned isn't anything compared to what other people have or are experiencing right now? I remember being in eighth grade, guys. I remember being in eighth grade and uh, I got reminded of the story because I, I, whenever I picked up my little brother Josh from school, I can't believe he's in sixth grade, goes to Howell Middle School. I went to Howell Middle School. My mom went to Howell Middle School. It's been there for a long time. I picked up my little brother, and as I was driving out of the middle school, I saw a plaque on the wall, on the, on the sign in the front part of the school, and it was a picture of this boy named Matthew Spann. I don't know if you know him 
are not or ever heard of him, but there's this plaque at Howell Middle School on the front sign, the electric, electronic sign out in the front, and it says Matthew Spann. It has the year that he was born and the year that he died. And would you believe that the same time that Matthew Spann, who attended Howell Middle School, the same year that he passed away was the same year that I went to Howell Middle School as well. And I remember meeting this boy, meeting this guy a, a week before he died. And I heard great things about him. He was well-liked at school. He was a Christian. He was a believer. And, and I was hanging out um, in the courtyard of Howell Middle School waiting to get picked up by my parents. And everybody else had left. And uh, Matthew Spann was like the last one that was there with me. And me and him ended up just conversating. Me and him were talking. And he was such a good dude. I could tell he had such a good heart. And, and, and turns out, uh, less than a week later, I hear some horrible news. And the news was this. He was on a hunting trip with a friend. And he was with someone and they dropped a gun and the gun misfired and it went right through his head and he became brain dead and they had to pull the plug and he passed away. And I thought to myself, like, God, like, why would you allow that to happen? Because how many people know that's so tough? That's so hard. I don't know if you've ever lost a family member or a friend. Believe it or not, right before I even stepped up on stage today, I got a text message from someone that just said, Caleb, be praying for us. My father just passed away. They found him in his house. He was unresponsive. They couldn't get a hold of him. And he, the house, he, at his house, his car was there and everything. They went inside. They found him dead, passed away. And I texted him back, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I, I'm praying for you. We love you if you need anything. And I was thinking to myself right before I came up here, you know, there's so much pain. There's so much suffering. There's so much loss. And I can't even imagine how, how Matthew's family felt. You guys follow me tonight? Yes. Due to his death. And the truth is, we are all going to experience hardships in life. At one point or another, you're going to face some challenges. You're going to be asking yourself, why is this happening to me? Whether it's big or it's small. Whether it's loss of a family member, maybe it's a divorce of parents, maybe you hear of a catastrophe that happens uh, in the world, maybe a shooting, whatever may have happened. You're going to ask yourself, God, if you're God, why don't you step in? Why don't you intervene? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question before, if you ever thought it before. And people have asked me that question before. And, and here's the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to addressing this question. Sometimes people, you guys follow me tonight? Some, sometimes people ask a question that is not always a question. Let me explain what I mean by that. Sometimes people ask a question that isn't always a question. Here's what's interesting about this question, guys. Often people will say words that sound like questions, but they're really not. Sometimes people will ask questions that seem like questions, but they're really not. Please follow what I'm saying right now because this is very important. They will say, if someone asks, why am I experiencing this pain or this grief or this loss? Here's my first Suggestion to you guys. If anybody ever asked you, why am I experiencing this? Why am I going through this? Why, why is this happening in my life? My suggestion to you would be this for addressing this topic is to realize that when your friends, when your family are experiencing pain, they are probably not asking for explanations as much as they are looking for empathy. Whenever someone asks, why am I going through this? They're not asking for explanations. They're asking and they want you to show empathy towards them. That's the first thing I would say. They don't want you to respond most of the time by saying, well, you're going through this because of this, because of that, because of this, because of that. And that's why you're in the place that you are. No, no, no. Most of the time people ask something like, why is this happening to me? They're looking for you to be sympathetic and show them love. See, they may be asking, where was God? But most of them will be wondering and asking themselves, you say you know God. Will you show me his kind 
uh, show me his kind of love and care. You guys following that? So most of the time people ask, where is God? In their mind, they're asking themselves, whenever they, whenever they ask you that, they're saying, hey, you call yourself a Christian? You call yourself a follower of Jesus? Why don't you show me some of the same love and some of the same care and compassion that, that Jesus shows? The Bible hints at this, um, at this issue in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. You guys follow me tonight? Where it says this, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, when it comes to how we should uh, show care and respect and honor people, it says this, dear children, listen, dear children, this is God's word, let's not merely say that we love each other, let us show the truth by our actions. So in other words, don't just talk it, walk it. That whenever somebody approaches you, and I remember being at school one time at the lunch table, and there was this kid that was at the table who was usually all loud, and he was so active, and he was enthusiastic, and he was sitting at the edge of the table by himself, and I went up to him, I said, hey man, what's wrong? He said, man, my parents got into a fight these past couple weeks, and, and last night, they decided that they were getting a divorce. And I won't forget how he felt in that moment. He didn't understand what was going on. But you know what I did? I was just right there. I said, bro, it's going to be okay. Bro, you need anything, man. I, I'm praying for you. Man, you want to go out? You want to go eat some food, whatever? I'm telling you guys, we cannot be Christians that are so numb to the feeling of pain of other people. But us as Christians, we should have so much compassion for people that, and compassion is simply this, whenever you feel the same pain that people feel. You should be a compassionate and passionate Christian that if someone tells you a family, a friend, a loved one, even a stranger, where you say, where your heart breaks with me, say, hey, I'm praying for you. What do you need? Use wisdom, obviously. But hey, and I'm telling you what, God can do more with that than he can with you and your words trying to explain why everything is taking place. You guys agree with this tonight? Give Jesus a hand clap. See, I don't think we should give generic answers to people that say, ask, you know, why is this happening? We should not give generic answers like this because I've heard people say this. Well, this has happened in your life. This must have been God's will to happen. It's just God's will. That's why you're going through this. That's why you're going through that. That's why that happened with your parents. I, I, I'm telling you what, that's some of the most cliche, generic answers that we could ever give someone. Is just saying, no, I guess it was God's will. Because, you know, and, and yes, God may have allowed it. Guys, follow this. Yes, God may have allowed it. And by that, I mean that God didn't intervene to stop it. Uh, didn't, he didn't intervene to stop it. But that doesn't mean that he intended it or that that he likes it any better than the person who is grieving. You following that sign? So just because, you know, God may have allowed it to happen, which pretty much means he didn't go in the middle of it to, to try to make it stop. That doesn't mean that he intended it to happen and that he doesn't like it just as much as the person doesn't like it that's experiencing and going through it. Real quick, I want to give you guys three things as I have nine more minutes left. And I have a couple other points after this I want to give you guys. Is this making sense to you guys? People aren't looking for explanations all the time. Most of the time, people are looking for empathy when they're facing something like this. I want to help you guys out. Please pay attention. Look for it, okay? Three things I want to point out that the Bible is clear about. And I wish we had the points on the screen, but the first thing is this. You can write this down. Number one, the Bible is clear that God is good. Somebody say God is good. And what I mean by that is this, because you may see the word, you know, good, because we may have watered down the word good so much. Because remember, whenever God created the heavens and the earth, he created animals, he created you. I mean, he created everything that we see. Remember, one of the things that he said was, and he saw it, and it was good. And that word, whenever God says it, especially whenever he thanks it, that's so powerful. And that's so amazing, because the Bible is so clear that God is so good. In other words, he is perfect. 
which means whenever I say God is good, which means that he is absolutely pure. God is absolutely pure. He hates evil and he has to deal with everything that is in rebellion to him. Okay, that makes sense to you guys. So God is good. That's the first thing we have to know, guys. In this world, I'm telling you what, things may look bad, but God is still good. And it says in the scripture that his goodness leads to repentance. His goodness leads to repentance. We all have a reason to give God praise right now in this moment. The fact that you're in here, guys, the fact that you were born into this world, the fact that we have electricity in here, the the fact that you're even breathing, that you're not in a hospital, you're not underground in a graveyard, but you have breath in your lungs. If you have breath in your lungs, you have a reason to give God praise. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose that God has in your life. Come on, give give Jesus a hand clap real quick. I'm preaching better than you are. Amen. Come on. God is good. Second is this. God is great. Somebody say God is great. great. And what I mean by that is God is all powerful. He is all knowing and he can conquer anything that challenges him. So God is good and then God is great. And then thirdly is this. Here's the here's the tough part. Here's the sucker punch right here. Evil is real. So God is good. God is great. But thirdly, evil is real. You guys following along with me tonight? And what I mean by that is this. That there are, in fact, things out there that are in rebellion to him and at this very moment are challenging him. So God is good. God is great. But lastly, there's evil in the world and there is evil in the world. I won't I won't I won't trust me. I want to address that. There's some things going on in this world that breaks God's heart right now. Like, have you ever thought about like the way that God feels? If you hear one thing tonight, I want you guys to hear this. Please look at me. Every person look at me right now. Please. If you hear one thing out of tonight, I want you to hear this. God cares. God cares. And God sees and God loves. He knows exactly how you're feeling. He knows exactly what's going in the world right now. And God is not detached. God is not numb. God does not neglect the fact that there are things going on in this world right now that break his heart with murder, with wars, with prostitution, with, with sex slavery, with all these different things. I mean, I'm, we're going to be honest. There are a lot of things going on in this world right now that break God's heart. It really does. And I want you guys to hear that tonight. There are some things, but we know that God is good. God is great, but evil is real. And people have hard, a hard time coming to terms with these three truths. They think that these three things, that God is good, God is great, and evil is real. They think that these three things cannot coexist. And people have been trying to solve the, the solution to that, to that problem when it comes to evil being real. So some people do this. Some people say this. Oh, because there's evil in the world, because evil is real, that, is, that means that God isn't real. That's what some people say. I'm just going to address some of the answers that people have. Some people say, okay, if there's evil, pain, and suffering, that means that God is not real. Why? Because why would God allow evil, pain, and suffering? Here's... here's Here's the, here's, here's the thing about that, 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 that solution and that suggestion. If you take out God, then you take out evil. And what I mean by that is this. How do we know what is good and bad? How do we know what is right and wrong if it wasn't for God's word? There is no absolute standard. There is no deity or being or anything above that that. that, that Whenever we say that, that God is in the world, that means that there's no right and wrong. That we make the rules, that we make the plans and all that. But who's to say that what we say is evil it, it, is evil and what is good is good? We need, what I mean by that is this. 
God has put something in us and he has given us his word to tell us what is right and what is wrong, that we can't do it by ourselves, that we need God's word. And if we say that there's no God, then in reality, and you can look into it more because I want this to go over your head, but you can look into it more. If you have any questions, you can come up to me and talk to me that if there's no God, then there's no good and there's no evil because there's no one that established that. Then we're just animals living here. And then in reality, um, you know, who's to say what is right and what is wrong? How if God is here, God is here, and we can't say that God doesn't exist. The second thing that people like to say is, okay, um, then if, if there's evil in the world, that means that God must be part of the evil. In other words, God must have caused it. God must be in it. But I'm telling you, God is good, right? So he can't be a part of any of that. And other people say, well, God, well, maybe God isn't so great. Maybe God isn't able and capable of stopping all these things to happen. Okay, I don't want to lose you guys right now. We got like three more minutes left. I'm going to go over a couple points. But I want to give you guys something real quick. So how can these three realities coexist that God is good, God is great, and that evil is real? I want to say this to you guys. So I want to read this out to you guys. Please listen. There is no simplistic solution or easy answer that wraps up this question or the answer to this question in a neat bow or in a nice way or a clean package that I can present to you guys that would make everybody feel good. There's almost no way that can make the answer to this question make everybody feel good. In fact, there's nothing we can say to make people suddenly feel okay with evil around them and suffering in their lives. That's the reality. There's evil in this world, but guess what? God is still good. There's pain in this world, but guess what? God is still good. He's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. He's still in heaven. He still loves you. He can work all things together for good. Guess what? God is still on the throne. We, don't, we do not fight for victory, but we fight from victory as, as Christians. Let me encourage you real quick because I'm reminded of a story right now as far as how we're supposed to live this life as Christians if there's so much evil in the world. I want you guys to pay attention, please. Have you ever, like, you know, driven with your parents or rode in the back or, you know, I don't know if you drive right now, you have your license. Have you ever driven, like, on a foggy day and you can't even see, like, the, the lines in the road or anything like that. I don't know about you, but I remember this one time I was driving on the road and it was early, early in the morning and I was going like 20 minutes away. I had to wake up really early and I remember waking up, going outside and like, oh my gosh, how am I going to drive in this? So I got in my truck, I put my fog lights on, I, I go out and guess what? God? I can't even see the lines that are in the road. I'm legit like, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I don't know what's ahead of me too much. I mean, I see it barely, but it's, it's but as I continue to drive it, it's becoming less and less clear and it's becoming more and more blurry. And, and I don't want to stop because if I stop, someone may rear in me or whatever. But thank God, as I went forward, I saw the taillights of another car. And when I saw the taillights of the other car, I, I, I realized, I recognized that he felt the same way. He was going a little slower and he had his fog lights on. And what I ended up doing is I said, okay, you know what? I, I'm just going to trust this person ahead of me. I'm just going to go and follow the light ahead of me. And as I follow that person, if he can make it through it, I know that I can make it through it. So I was right behind him and I, went, I was following him. Even though it was foggy, I still found a clear way and I got to my destination. Thank God for the other vehicle. And guess what? It's the same thing and it's the same way with us as Christians living on this road. Because I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. Our world is foggy. Our world is cloudy. There's chaos. There's pain. There's suffering and it lacks clarity and we're going to be looking around. We can look to the left. We can look to the right and we can question ourselves and we can even question God. God, are you real? God, are you alive? Like, God, do you even care about what's going on? But I want to encourage you guys as students and as youth and as the next generation that it may seem cloudy. But if you focus on the light and you focus on Jesus and you keep pushing forward, you will come out of it and you will come. Come on, guys. Give Jesus a hand clap. 
You will come out of it. Yes, there is evil, but God is still good. Well, you don't have to look far to find the goodness of God to find Jesus. You don't have to look far. Jesus is real. And guess what? You can praise God for a lot more good things than you can focus on the bad things. You can make your life a living hell if you want it to. Question at the end. Or you can focus on the good and give God praise. And that's the same thing with, with God. And when it comes to life, I know, guys, I'm, I'm literally about to close. Can you guys stand to your feet tonight? Focus on Jesus and everything will be okay. The last thing I want to say is this. Because I had like seven more little lines I wanted to go through, but I won't have time to go through it tonight. Um, you know, but I want to say this one point that's out of here. Actually, two points real quick. Number one is this. And these were going to be really quick that I would go through. I want you guys to get this. If you hear one thing out of tonight, I hope this, guys, I hope this helped you guys out tonight. The world is as Jesus predicted. The world right now is as Jesus and the Bible predicted. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 33 says this. This is Jesus talking. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. And Jesus says, here on earth, you will have many trials and you will have many sorrows. So this is Jesus talking. And Jesus said this, guess what? You're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrows. You're going to face pain, neglect, and suffering. Jesus even says later on that if they persecuted me, if they, if they rejected me, if they, if they turned away from me, guess what? It may happen to you too. That when you go through this life, guys, you're going to face pain. You're going to face sorrow. You may even face face some suffering, but Jesus ended the scripture with this, but he said, take heart, take hold of this. No, stay encouraged. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't worry. Why? Because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So as I said earlier, us as Christians, we don't fight for victory, but we fight from victory in what Jesus Christ did. And guess what? God, and this is my last point right here that I was going to say, number seven, God can bring good out of bad. Oh, this is so good. God can bring good out of that. I want to be personal with you guys right now because I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know if maybe it's, it's tough in your family. It's tough at school. People are bullying you. Maybe people are abusing you. People are taking you for granted. People are mistreating you. Maybe you feel like you can't even go on a step further in life. And maybe your parents at home are arguing. Maybe you and your siblings are arguing. Maybe there's division. Maybe you just feel alone. You feel depressed. You're wondering why you're going through everything that you're going through. Guess what? With Jesus Christ, whenever you have God on your side, there's no, thing, there's no such thing as losses, only lessons. No such thing as losses, only lessons, because God will. He will turn that all around for good, for him to get the glory. Whenever you look back and you have a testimony and a story and you say, God, I thank God that you are with me every step of the way. And that's going to turn all of it for good. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says this. God turns all things, say all things, things. together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So I have a question for you. Do you love God? Are you called according to his purpose? And guess what? Everything that you're facing right now, good and bad, will work together for good where he gets the glory and you come up on top. And guess what? I'll say this last thing before we pray. Jesus knows knows how you feel. He knows how you feel. Why? Because Jesus experienced suffering in this world. Think about this. Jesus, he was God in the flesh. God came down, put on flesh and bone. And guess what? He went willingly to the cross. Whenever he died on the cross, 
It wasn't just him hanging up there, a Hebrew man, but it was the son of God that was bearing and having all the sins of the world on his back. And he was up there on the cross because he loved you so much and he wanted to have a relationship with you. And guess what? Jesus went through the worst torment, the worst suffering, and the worst pain that you can ever imagine. He was taken by the Roman soldiers. He was crucified. He had a crown of thorns on his head. He was lashed 39 times. He was disabandoned and he was left behind by all his people that, thought, that he thought were his friends or that he thought that were his disciples. They all left him and abandoned him. He got mocked. He got spit at. They, they, they made fun of him. He hung up there on the cross for a while. Between two thieves, he died a, a criminal and a sinner's death, but yet he did no sin. He was perfect and he was blameless, but he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He who knew no sin became sin so that way we can become what? The righteousness of God. So guess what? Jesus knows how you feel handsome. And if Jesus can get through it, and if Jesus could rise from the dead, then guess what? He's giving you his spirit to make sure that you know that you are more than conquerors, that you are the head and not the tail, that you are above and not beneath. And guess what? You will come out of it, and God knows how you feel. He loves you so much. Give Jesus a hand clap real quick. Scripture, and then we'll pray. I want to read this to you guys. Psalm chapter 34, verse 18 says this. The Lord is close, say close, close, to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So if you feel broken, if you're questioning, I don't know why the transition of this message, I don't know if God wanted to speak to someone specifically tonight, because I know we're trying to answer this question, but I believe that God spoke to someone tonight. You've got to know everything's going to be fine. God is good. I want to pray with you guys. Can you bow your heads? Can you close your eyes real quick? Did this help anybody out tonight? Yes. Come on. Yes. God, I pray right now over every student, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that the students in this room, God, they love you, God, and you love them, God. It says in your word that you so love the world, God, that you sent your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, God. They love you, you love them, and they are called according to your purpose. So right now in the name of Jesus, God, if this was message were just for one student, God, I pray that they would know that you are good and that you are God and you're going to work all things together for good. So I thank you, Lord, for equipping us, God, and for using us, God, to be the light, the salt and light of this world, God, in our schools, in our communities, God, at the store, in our families, wherever it may be, God. I thank you, Jesus, that you are good and that you are continuing to do the work in our lives, Father. In Jesus' name, and somebody said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Hey, thank you guys for listening. If you